0: You're listening to Citizen Reporter number 408 for the 18th of January 2012. This is the podcast dedicated to underreported news and global concerns. And sometimes we talk about the life journeys that we experience and the things that we learn along the way. Well, today we're doing just that with two friends who are back in Berlin, where I was at the start of this year. And we're talking about a place we rarely hear about in the news, and that is Togo. So let's go back to Togo and remember. <laughs>
1: Esenequela ba minha Olhe Abe chante
0: Hello everyone, Uh, Mark with you here in Berlin again and we're moving from topic to topic which only a city like Berlin can bring you. Uh, I'm here in the home of friends of mine who just recently returned from a journey through West Africa and working in the country of Togo. Uh, So first of all, let's greet them and then let's get into their story. Uh, Steffi and Philip, hello. Hi. Hello. So I, um, Philip, I'm just meeting for the first time, although I've heard, uh, along the journey about what you're doing there. And Steffi, I spoke to you before you left on the journey, which was supposed to be you going by, um, container ship yep. to, um, not in a container, but in fact in the, in the ship, um, <laughs> to West Africa. It, it, it turned out that you had to take a plane, um, uh, which doesn't take away from an interesting journey anyway. Let's talk about what you had in mind uh, for this journey, because it kind of has several layers. It's like, a, on one hand, you're working, you're going there to do a job. We'll talk about that job. And on the other hand, you're, you're there for the journey. Um, so when you first started thinking up this trip, uh, what, what were you thinking?
2: <laughs> it was part of a, a program. A German program for students, young people that want to work in uh, abroad, um, want to have work experience, and it's called ASA, A S A program. And yeah, there we um, we found our project. We uh, applied for it. We were chosen to go there, and. Um, Yeah, I applied for a radio project in general. So this was pretty perfect for me because I'm working already for the radio. Mm -hmm. Um, And um, uh, as we travel a lot, uh, we don't like long flights or flying a lot. So it was our idea. Well, uh, not only the two of us, but also a third girl. She wanted to go without plane to Mm -hmm. Togo. Mm -hmm. And the, the program, uh, the organization, they are supporting this. They give you more money to pay your flight, uh, not your flight, but the journey. Mm-hmm. So,
0: so you can afford the, the costs of a container yeah, ship. Which because
2: a... the ship is more expensive than a flight. Yeah. And it takes more time.
0: Okay, so the, the journey starts in Senegal. Uh, yeah. and for people that are picturing it in their heads we're on the edge there of, of West Africa mm-hmm. um, Senegal having been a French colony right um, you had been there before or never before
2: no I've never been to West Africa before uh, despite uh, the Cape Verdean Cape islands yes. yes but that's pretty different yeah. from the rest of West Africa
0: Philip, for you, it's also the first time uh, you set foot in West Africa. Yeah, for me, it was uh, the first time Africa in, in general. general yeah.
3: yeah, I never went there before. So mm. I, the the reason why I did this trip was, actually, to prepare myself for the stay in Togo. Okay. Yeah, because I didn't have any any idea of what I've been, what what well of what I should expect there in Togo, how life would be there. So yeah, yeah. The, That's why I did the trip, the the journey, just to prepare myself to get in touch with people, to speak with them.
0: And so you're doing this journey by land, uh, which is, I mean, in total, if you had done it all at once, which you didn't, but from Senegal till Togo, uh, how long would that journey take, just to give people an idea? Well, we did something about 4,000 kilometers Mm
2: -hmm.
3: uh, just to the border of Togo. But we went to the southern part of Ghana, too. So right. we could have gone from Burkina Faso directly to Togo, but we didn't. Yeah. So we went to Ghana first, to the south, to the coast, mm-hmm. and then crossed the border to Togo. Yes. But yeah, it was just some kind of 4,000 kilometers.
0: Yeah. And along the way, you're visiting uh, people that you know, or, or also people you're just interested to meet. And, and how, how do you make your contacts along the way?
2: Mm. Okay, that was the part of the third one who was traveling with us. She had a lot of contacts or friends staying in West Africa at this time. And we were t- visiting them and also uh, staying in some places where we didn't know anybody and where we were couchsurfing mm-hmm. most of the time. So, um, But yeah, she, know, she knew uh, some people there and we didn't know them before. Yep. But it was nice to have um, Germans on the way. Uh-huh. But to relax a bit. Okay. From French speaking every time or yeah.
0: Yeah. Mm, I'm, cu- it's
2: hard.
0: I'm curious about differences as you go from country to country. So um you spend a few days, I think not many, in Senegal, and then next country over you're in Mali or where, where and, and so Right away, what kind of differences are we talking about between a Senegal and a Mali? Senegal being, I think, a, a wealthier, relatively country, a more uh, French-influenced place, perhaps. But you, you tell me.
3: Well, it's hard to say actually because, well, in Senegal we spent just a couple of days, so you don't really have the possibility to, to to see something, to interact with people. Yeah. We just traveled, and well, you do see you don't see much of the country there, mm-hmm. but. Actually, we recognized the difference between Senegal and Mali, I think. So we had the the impression that in Mali, people were warmer, more mm-hmm. welcoming, something like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then later, well, the biggest difference was between Burkina Faso and Ghana, because uh, Ghana is an English-speaking country mm-hmm. and Burkina is a French-speaking country. And yeah, that was a really big difference culturally and...
2: Also in economical uh, yeah point of view, because Ghana is really rich in, in comparison to the french speaking countries around-hmm and there you have television in a in a bus and like uh, okay like uh, yeah yeah a traveling bus like, uh-huh. or yeah, they have their own TV programs and everything, and you don't see that so much in the other countries mm-hmm Mm, also, for food, you, you find like milk or other other things like that. Not so often in the other countries, mm. but in Ghana you have all that. Mm. Um, Mari was more Muslim, I think, than the others. Yeah.
0: So eventually you end up in in Togo, and I think that's probably one of the most interesting parts because there you're besides traveling you you have a purpose um, and you're not the first people to come there and, and work at a radio station. am I right? Mm-hmm. Um, so are people sort of when they receive you they're sort of used to it? Is it routine like oh, two new people two new white people from Germany
2: <laughs> mm, yeah, when we arrived, we expected a bit more, but they did not really have a big welcome party or something. Huh. Um well to me it seemed that life just goes on and we are there and we have to find our place mm-hmm. in their life yeah and their routines yeah. um they did not really introduce us to the radio or to the people that work there we had always to ask for who's that what is he doing here what's his position uh, what's his private background something mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, we all everything we got to know just after a while, yeah. and we just we started working there after three weeks only I think, mm-hmm. because it was nobody. Yeah, forcing us to do or yeah. Yeah,
0: this this radio station is of course uh, in a small place, not a big city. A uh, community of roughly how many people? Do you no, no.
2: they are living 50,000 people, but you don't see... It seems to be a village. There's no big buildings, no okay. two-story buildings. Yeah. Um, but apparently there are a lot of villages attached to it. Yeah. And it makes a community of 50,000.
0: Mm-hmm. And for a community of 50,000 people, what kind of radio content did you either make, but also I'm curious, what else are they playing on the station
3: well, actually, they have right now a lot of problems on the radio. So they don't have much staff. They just have two people who, who speak on the radio mm-hmm. and, well, four technicians, I think. Yeah. So they are, don- they are not really able to, to have a real content. Um, they mm-hmm. do a lot of music. Mm-hmm. They have also a cooperation with the Deutsche Welle. And in French. Uh, in French, I think two times a day, twice a day, they, well, cooperate with them and broadcast their,
1: mm-hmm.
3: their news. Mm-hmm. But apart from that, it's all, well, it's basically nothing. It's music.
0: Yeah. yeah. Is it a commercial station? Are they running commercials all the time? Or how does it, how do the staff get paid?
3: Well, as well, they have commercials for paying the staff. Mm-hmm but in fact they want to be a community radio so they are open for everybody everybody can go there and make announcements and stuff like that but uh, everybody has to pay for the announcements as well mm-hmm.
0: yeah. what kind of announcements were coming out i mean
3: well when somebody dies in a village and they want to want the people to know that this specific person died they they went there yeah and if there is i don't know Somebody
2: lost his somebody lost his mobile phone or a, a mobile phone was found somewhere. Then they announce it. Uh, somebody's goat was stolen and he wants the yeah. He wants it back. Wants it back. Then they tell it on the radio. Did um, you say goat? A goat. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> For a second I
0: thought gold. I'm sorry. No, no goat.
2: <laughs> there are a lot of goats and sheep <clears throat> and um, yep. yeah.
0: So no, no, announcement is too small no. for, for as if somebody wants to say it, they can come and
2: if they pay for it, then everything is announced. Yeah. Yeah. Well,
0: these are announcements which seem
3: for us seem unimportant, but for them they are very important. Mm-hmm. So if a goat is stolen or missed, it's it could be um, well a really really important thing for somebody who has big issue. Yeah, well, a really big issue. So for them, the radio station is, is really important for that. Mm-hmm. And well, it was really hard for people when the radio station was um, broken down afterwards because they couldn't continue to, to make their announcements. In the, in the the,
0: this is one of the strangest things. Like As I listen to the stories um, since we've been talking, you mentioned that in the time that you were there, uh, it took a while, but you, you started working for the radio station. And in that time, less than six months, uh, the radio station actually closed. Mm-hmm. Um, how odd. Uh, what? How did that work out for you? Like, do you, when it closed, did they even tell you, like, oh, tomorrow we're going to be closed forever? Or
2: No, no, no. It's not closed forever. It was right, just... Right, it has to be. It broke down the transmitter. Yeah. yeah, it was broken. And apparently there's no one in the village or in the city or the region around that can repair it. Mm-hmm. So they have always... They, they always do it like this. They send the transmitter or the thing that is broken, to the capital by bus <laughs> or by a vehicle, by a truck or something. Yeah. And they uh, get it repaired there, which is very expensive, the transport too. Yeah. So it takes some time to get this thing there and get it back and get it repaired. So this time it took, once it took just one week
1: mm-hmm. to get it
2: repaired. And then we started again working at the radio And the second time, it was broken for one month, and it uh, just came back the day we left the country.
0: Hmm. Yeah. What is the alternative, anyway? I mean, all those people that want to make announcements, announce deaths, and uh, what do they do while there's no radio?
3: They don't do anything. They don't have another possibility to make their announcement. There Hmm. is nothing. There is no news. There's there's gossip.
0: There's, you know, you can... Yeah, there (laughs) is gossip, I guess,
3: but we didn't understand it. We don't speak (laughs) the local language.
0: Ah, Yeah.
3: (laughs) But, yeah, there's no, well, there's one other radio station, but it's a Christian one. It's a religious one. So, well, like, people don't really use it that much. Yeah. And they don't really listen to it, hmm. I guess. Mm-hmm. It's not that, not as important as our radio station. Yeah. Um, There is no newspaper. There is, well, national television, but, well, people don't really have the opportunity to watch it. 'Cause yeah. they don't have a television at home. So yeah, that's just the radio left and if the radio is broken down it's it's tough.
0: Yeah. It's a curious thing about not having newspapers, like I noticed in your photos, although I yeah, it was from Togo, there was a library uh okay. somewhere in one of the towns you were in. Yeah.
2: <laughs> I went there once. Um and there were a lot of pupils using it. They said, just sat there to read books but they didn't have well. They don't have internet at all in this town, mm-hmm. and they don't have newspaper, not yep. even in the library. So,
0: yep. but you did have access to internet sometimes, right? oh uh, yeah,
2: because we bought um, so. a USB key, uh-huh. uh, which uh, uses the the mobile network yeah. to connect to internet. But mm. this is very expensive. Yeah. So people from Togo almost. But you get this in the capital
0: it's more of
2: a you can buy it in the big cities. Yeah. Yeah. Not in this town.
3: But in the beginning we avoided to tell people that we have this USB stick because we didn't want them to know that we spend that much money on that internet stuff. Mm -hmm. For for us it was just about forty five euros or something like that. Yeah. It's not a big amount, but for them it's a lot and well, compared to the prices there it's really, really a lot. Mm-hmm. So we didn't, didn't want to want them to know that we can spend that much money just yeah. like this.
0: Mm-hmm. The funny thing about when you don't have internet, or like if you've never had internet, then maybe you don't really feel the lack. Like back when we didn't have internet, we weren't sitting around saying, "Man, we really could use internet." Uh, so I suppose in your conversations with people, like in, in the, at the radio station, no one said, "Like I could really use some internet." You know?
3: Well, young people do have experience with the internet. When they travel to bigger cities, they can use internet cafes and, and stuff like that. So they realize that there's a lack of something hmm. because they want to, to look online for, for information, for advice, and.
2: YouTube videos.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yes, I noticed that was huge in Afghanistan, YouTube videos. Yeah. Yeah.
3: But well, older people don't have that experience, though, so they, they don't miss something. Yeah. They don't miss anything
2: also when we asked people for their contact, or mostly they asked us for our address or telephone number in Germany before we left, yeah, so we asked always for email contact because it's a habit <laughs> no That's because it you. doesn't it doesn't cost anything to send an email for them. It's much cheaper than to to call True to enough, Germany, right? well, yeah, so we asked for email contact, but um, only the technicians at the radio or younger people have email uh, uh-huh. contact.
0: Everybody else is not even. They're not asking for postal mail. They're asking telephone numbers. Or
2: yeah. Okay. Yeah. Huh. Everybody has a mobile phone, apparently. Oh right. right. Or two or three, depending yeah. on yeah. Like for the two major networks that are working there.
0: Yeah. Oh. Also, an interesting thing I noticed and I wanted to ask you about um, in the photos and in the stories, it's clearly a region that's very rich. I use rich in the sense of um, uh, fruits and vegetables and agricultural products. What can grow there seems quite delicious, potentially. (laughs) Um, But a lot of the farming that I seem to hear about is um, all done manually. Uh, So yams was a big thing and no one is doing like mass yam production
1: uh, i guess
2: no there's a lot of people doing substantial farming like uh, only for them yeah, right sustenance, sustenance
0: sustenance farming it? it's for just you and your family and maybe yeah, like yeah. other people yeah. Yeah, yeah
2: yeah um some are selling on the market on the local markets. Oh, yeah. um but really big farming we didn't see
0: but even selling on the local market starts to yeah give me another idea. Like, yeah. It's not just for their families; they're they're no. it's their way of life. It's their you know yeah income as well.
2: Yeah, hmm. sure.
0: Hmm. And you guys had time to to work on a on a yam farm. Uh, <laughs> how was that?
3: Yeah, it was hard. It was tough work, actually. So uh, one day we joined our neighbor who is a cultivator, yeah, a, yeah farmer. Yeah. And well, he is specialized in yams, I guess. <laughs> yeah. So we worked there, and it was it was really tough. They don't have, how do you call that? Um,
0: machines. Well, they don't have machines
3: <laughs> at all. But what sometimes them? they they dig with their own hands with a bare hands okay. for yeah for extracting the yams. Yeah. And after I don't know four or five hours, we were really tired. <laughs>
0: yeah. Did you get the impression that this your neighbor? really needed your help or was he thinking more well here you might enjoy this like i'm always curious no
3: it was it was obvious that this was just for showing us the Um, way of of doing agriculture yeah Mm -hmm.
2: he didn't expect us to help him we wanted to take photos and see how he's doing this we wanted to learn about how they are doing farming and everything yeah and um then we started Uh, helping him and he was really surprised and he was, oh, thank you, thank you and you saved me half of a day of work Mm. and he was really happy
3: but actually I don't know if we helped him at all because (laughs) in the beginning we didn't really know how to do it, how to to dig and how to uh, extract the yams, and so I destroyed maybe five roots, you know Yeah, (laughs) I split them I cut them yeah, And I think that it wasn't really good for him. Right.
0: <laughs> so it was a mixed thing here. You did some good, you did some bad, perhaps. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, throughout the process, you, uh, Philip, have been filming um, already with the idea to create something.
3: Yeah, well, actually, our project there was on the one side to work in the radio station mm-hmm. and on the other side to make a documentary about the culture there, the rural culture and the region so that was well i read this this uh description of proposal of the project here in germany so it was the beginning of my idea of buying a camera of making films Mm -hmm. so when we arrived there it turns out then it turned out that they are not really interested in making a documentary so it was us who continued that idea you know Mm -hmm. so we just made it for us we We began filming and we did interviews and and all of that, Mm -hmm. yeah.
0: So you have all the material now and you're going to produce a documentary.
3: Exactly. Right now we have about 25 hours of of material, of raw material. Mm -hmm. And yeah, within the next weeks we're going to start making our our film, our, our movie.
0: Okay. And where people... Willing to talk to you? And and, I mean, we were just having a discussion about how a red light can throw people off on a recorder, like people don't necessarily want to be near or talk. Um, When you pulled out a camera, I saw that you were using a SLR or Mm -hmm. so not necessarily a big video camera. Um, Were people willing to participate? Well, mostly, yes,
3: because I think when people are active, when they are motivated to do something, they think... That this video thing or this movie can give them a platform in Europe. Uh Uh-huh. So they can, well, they can get access to a a wider audience and stuff like that. And they also hope that they get financial support. Mm. But, yeah, actually I was kind of surprised that people are open-minded with cameras. Mm. I expected them to to be frightened and to be timid and... But they weren't. Hmm.
2: Yeah. Um, there were uh, some that are, were really uh, frightened a bit. Like when we made an appointment to meet for the interview, mm-hmm. then there were a bit... That's pressure. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah sure. Yeah. And there were some or what is was only one, the priest who prepared a text to hmm. read out. <laughs> which is not good for filming <laughs> right. and not even for audio. Um, well, and the text wasn't good. <laughs> the text wasn't good at all because he tried to do it in German. Wow. <laughs> yeah, he was in Germany before. Okay. But almost everybody had somehow in his speech or in his uh, what, he, what he or she said something like, thank you for coming here and I hope... Uh, you will ask for funding and mm-hmm. to help me to get to Europe or to get some money. Yeah. yeah.
0: Hmm. I've seen this. Uh, friends of mine worked for years in Iraq doing a video series, uh, short episodes. And they would talk with people in different jobs. Um, and I don't know exactly what they told each person was going to happen beyond we're going to record and, and make a news uh, story. But people always at the end would spend so much time saying... And we hope that anybody watching could tell the government that we need more, and they would they would list demands. And in a way, the listing of the demands seemed to be like their main purpose, and they then had no problem telling some details before that. But the point was, I'm going to use this camera, and someone important is going to watch. So in a way, this helps uh, uh, they get something that they want to do out, and you get also the information that you are looking to get. Yeah.
2: Uh, <laughs>
1: yeah.
2: I don't know why. It is like that, but uh, apparently in this town, in Basar, there are some projects going on with German help. Um, uh, there is one school which was built by Germans because uh, the Togolese football uh, team was in Germany, in uh, the south of Germany during the, the World Cup 2006. And then this town in Germany decided to help uh, some Togolese community, hmm. so they built this school in Basar. and there are other projects going on, and somehow they expect the people to help. So they always think when when white people are coming to this region, they're gonna spend money or help somehow. Mm-hmm. And it was a bit too much they expected, I think, because we were working there almost for free.
0: Right. And
2: they still expected us to give money to everybody, um, which is not really nice. And yeah. every friendship uh, that was created between us and the the local people, somehow they always try to to ask us for money or something Hmm. and yeah this doesn't create confidence i think
3: but uh, i guess it's a natural reaction as well because the only white people who come there they come for helping right (laughs) they come for constructing schools or whatever making projects and they are not even governmental organizations or something like that because um development aid was for Togo was cancelled was stopped in 2005 after um, well there was a how do you say put uh, Mm.
0: there was a coup
3: coup yeah Yeah, exactly
0: I thought the son of the old dictator yes exactly that one
3: and after that the development aid was was cancelled was stopped by the international community so right now you find only um, private projects there Mm -hmm. private
2: NGOs or the church
0: yeah okay right Because Catholicism, although not the only religion, is is a major one. Yes. Um, but there's also a good percentage of, of Muslim and in, yeah, in Togo. it's third. Uh, yeah,
2: thirty percent Muslims, thirty percent um, Christians, and thirty percent animists. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
2: If you want to say.
0: Yeah. I mean, in a way, we could have we could have gotten into uh, the politics of of Togo, which is interesting and. and complicated to explain a bit, but I wanted more to focus on, on your journey in this case. So if anybody is thinking, I need to know more about Togo, um, I'll put some links in um, on my post, but of course there is the internet, um, whether I put links or not. Uh, so the question now is, uh, you leave a place like that, I'm sure many people said, please come back <laughs> um, soon. And they, You yourself, are you thinking, I mean, Philip, you, do you want to go back soon or are you more focused on other projects, next places and such.
3: You mean to Togo?
0: Yeah.
3: Um, I guess not, no. Because our work there wasn't really successful. I mean, we worked in the radio for a couple of weeks. And, well, we didn't have much cooperation with the people there, with the radio staff. And as well, our friendships with the people, with the local people, weren't quite intense. It was hard to, to get to know them. It was hard to... Interact with them, and well, for example, we weren't even invited to a house of somebody, some somebody there. We invited people to us, but uh, they didn't invite us to them.
0: Did anyone explain why that is? Maybe there's some kind of. Mm-hmm. I don't.
3: I don't know. Pain. But okay. when social relations are not quite intense, when friendships are not that close, well, me personally, I don't. I don't really want to go back. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There is nothing for it to go back.
1: Yeah.
2: Hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, me neither. <laughs> it was really interesting, the the filming part especially, um, to get to know the country, the culture and and all that. But the radio work is not not really...
0: Hmm. Right, which is one of your main inspirations, like you said in the beginning, to work in radio and maybe to be to be able to help, to be useful, I think, to do items from there, yeah.
2: Yeah, and Mm -hmm. uh, we got to know that all the the history of this radio station, and in the beginning it had a real program with uh, educational uh, transmissions or something about... um, Yeah, they had one show with... uh, teachers and pupils coming to the radio station talking about school Mm -hmm. or a um, Muslim show or a Christian show and all that. So it was really a community radio um, working with the people there. And now all that has stopped and there's no motivation really to go on Hmm. and no money behind to to support that. So it's a bit dying out. So there's no. Mm.
0: Well, we can look forward to the the documentary at least, and uh, hmm. but when the documentary comes out, uh, what you, is there going to be a website or or how do you envision it? Or oh, well, how about this? When it's ready, you tell me. I'll write about it on my website. Okay, thanks so much for taking the time and telling me about this journey. Uh, I think a lot of people make something like this, you know, journey in their lives to somewhere in, in the world, and so when they listen, they probably hear a lot of similar uh, experiences or maybe they're just curious to do what you did, so um, maybe your inspiration. Mm-hmm. Uh, but anyway, thanks a lot.
1: Thank you. Yeah, thank you. La capitale d'un beau pays qui est le Togo Tout est joli Tout est beau à Lomé C'est comme un coin de paradis où il fait bon vivre Les Loméens et les Loméennes sont sympathiques Tout le monde, il est gentil, tout le monde a le sourire à l'homé. Si vous allez à l'homé, la capitale du Togo, dites bonjour à mes
2: amis,
1: que bientôt je reviendrai. Je veux revoir l'homé, la douce, la séduisante, Pour me promener le long du boulevard circulaire, je veux revoir à Sigam et ses benz, le palais des congrès, l'hôtel du 2 février. Je veux retrouver les beaux dimanches à la plage, depuis l'hôtel Le Bénin jusqu'à Ramatoulas. Si mes amis mes vieux copains oh, mes copains de Tokoun Bagida et Yenkonakwe pour nous retrouver souvent les soirs au 5050 ou bien pour aller prendre un pot à la camionnette ou bien alors à Baguida, au Katimini vraiment j'ai la nostalgie nostalgie de Lomé si Et l'on y est au novigné, et l'on y est au lomé, l'on met la douce, la séduisante. Je reviendrai à tout coin. à n'y est a yo lolo. dit l'eau, et béo à mon <laughs>
0: yes. Okay. So I, I want to do exactly what I do with this one, which is be like directional. So are both microphones currently in use? Mm.
1: Okay, so about, yes. okay. So I'm in the middle right now. Mm.
0: Okay, so I'm middle right now.
1: Mm.
2: okay. I'm
0: going to do it directional. Mm. I don't think.
1: No, you
2: just kind of. But then it's.
0: But then. Okay. All right. Let's
2: see. It's so I'm
0: to us, oh, because your, yeah. Alright, I'm learning. It's an Olympus test.
1: Here we go.